0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Operator Syndrome. I'm Patrick here with Steve. Uh, we decided that we're going to stop beating up on the SEAL teams today. Uh, and instead, we're going to get back to our, our personal stories, our personal journeys. Um, today, we're going to focus on, on Steve
1: and his experience at Bud's. Um, I think you said you were Bud's class, did you say 148? 140. I started with 149. 149. And graduated with 150.
0: Okay, 150. That's a nice number. Yeah, it looks, <laughs> it looks nice on a plaque or something like that. That's so,
1: right. So, so we'll do
0: that. Um, uh, again, the idea here is to just cover down, cover down our experiences, hmm. and uh, and at this point, this is definitely a historical look at the training, not only for Steve but for me too, because so much has changed. Since those yeah. time. So uh, if, you, if you know of how the process works today and you hear some differences, because it's been a while since we were, we were doing it. Yeah, so, especially me. <laughs> so, so Steve, let's get into it. I, I think where we All left right. off, you, you graduated you graduated basic or, or boot, you guys call it boot camp. Um, and you, you end up in there in Coronado. What's it like when you are, oh, wait, no, you came from a school. Excuse a me. School. A school, and you show up in Coronado. Um, what's that like? What's that feeling like yeah. when you first report in? Or I think you guys say you check in. You all check in. We army reports in. So when you yeah. check in and you're fresh from A school, what, what's that mindset like? What does it
1: feel like? Yeah, it, it was it was a very very strange feeling. One of the strangest I've ever had in my life because you know how you have something that looms large in your mind that you've thought countless countless hours about. And it means the world to you. It's, it's do or die. I mean, I was like, I don't know what I'll do with my life if, if I don't make it. Um, and then you get there and things are always different than what you thought. You, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, and I had, yeah, a school. I had graduated uh, in the summer of 87. And I drove my motorcycle. I was up in Lakers, New Jersey, which is really close to New York City. Um, I drove my motorcycle back through Kentucky stopped with my parents uh, at my home for a few days and uh, and then jumped on my bike and drove all the way to San Diego. So pretty much a straight shot from coast to coast. Uh, And um, one thing that happened along the way, stupidly, is I uh, rode my motorcycle from Fort Smith, Arkansas to Amarillo, Texas with no shirt on. (laughs) Yeah, genius, right? And um, got so sunburned. I like, I could barely sit down. I lay down on in the bed. And okay. uh, yeah, so I, I was like, that's, that was really dumb. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, so I got, I pulled into Coronado. I mean, I just rode my bike, like right across the Coronado Bridge, just right into Coronado, Orange Avenue. And just, and I wasn't ready for the beauty of Coronado Island. Because my heart's pounding. It's like, I'm so excited. And so also fear and trembling in me. It was, was just a weird mix of emotions, and, and I arrive here, and it's this gorgeous island. I mean, it's like a resort island million dollar homes, um, pristine beach is not a piece of litter anywhere. I mean, it's just about as it looks almost like Disneyland. I mean, it's just perfect, everything is perfect, manicured lawns. And I'm thinking, man, this is where hell on earth is about to take place, and um. And if, if those of you have ever been to Coronado, there's a very famous motel where they, several movies have been filmed there, including Marilyn Monroe, some like it hot, called the Hotel Del Coronado. And it is a historic landmark place in San Diego and gorgeous. The beaches are gorgeous. And um, right, you know, you can go out from the hotel on, onto the beach behind it and see, buds trainees running by in their in their uniforms and it's just such a strange thought you know you'd think you'd be out in some crummy place on some crummy base but it's one of the most beautiful places so that was strange to me um thinking man this is weird um so I checked in and um so the SEAL teams well back then the SEAL teams were on across the street from the Naval Amphibious Base, which is Naval Amphibious Base Coronado, uh, which is a bigger base. And then across the street, like right on the beach are the SEAL teams and BUDS, which is the basic underwater demolition SEAL training called the Naval Special Warfare Center, um, which is basically BUDS. Nowadays, it, I went back there and I couldn't believe it. There, there's as many as 18 SEAL teams now or more maybe even since I, I was there um, and they have SEAL teams across on the amphib base now. So basically we waited around for a little while to, a uh, till a class formed. So they need about, I think our class had 110, right at 110, give or take a few maybe, uh, uh, BUDS trainees. So you report there and they only launch a class like every Quarter or something like that of the year, uh, something something like that. Don't quote me; it's been a long time. Um, and so, if 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 a, a class just launches, right? If it forms up and, and it takes off, then you start with the next guy who reports is the first one waiting for another 110 or 120 or so people to come to class up. So mm-hmm. you've got downtime while you're waiting, and um, and we just we just worked and tried to stay in shape. They they assign myself and a couple other BUDS pre-trainees, we called it to, um, uh, to SEAL Team Five to do just really just clean the heads and you know stuff like that. Um, but it was cool because they, they did uh, give us some knowledge. They didn't totally ignore us and treat us like jerks. Uh, they weren't, they were fully qualified SEALs. They weren't uh, instructors. So they had a little bit of mercy, but they also gave us our fair share of grief um, knowing we were headed there. Right. Um, but I learned a lot from some of those guys, one of one of my buddies who just made it through buds, he, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, the worship the ground the sky walks on. And he didn't have his trident yet. His name is Dave Rogers. And he was really a good guy. He just took me under his wing and said, man let me just tell you everything I, I did to get by in buds, and I, I, I just like hung on every word of his. I could probably recite it back uh, even today. Um, and he really did give me some phenomenally good advice um what do you say well he he said one thing he did and this is this is a known thing nowadays i mean i even wrote a short little book it's just an ebook um called surviving buds and it's just my mental game for getting through it and and one of the things is just do not look at the big picture don't look down it's six months long i mean it is six months of getting your teeth kicked in it it yeah, I, it's it's a really long boot camp. I mean, just to be a boot camp. Now, I mean, once you graduate and, and report to a SEAL, well, you go to airborne school after BUDS, and then you, you go to your SEAL team and do another year or more of advanced, really advanced training before you ever get qualified as a SEAL. So it's a long road, really. But he said, don't just focus on one meal at a time. So you eat breakfast and just try to make it to lunch. You get to lunch, just try to make it to dinner. Don't start thinking about six months from now because it's just overwhelming. And I think the guys that did start to let their minds slip in that direction just got panicky and overwhelmed and threw in the towel. So that was one thing. Um, he, he, I remember him saying, you know, it, Hell Week is the big one. If you can make it to Hell Week, you can most the vast majority of guys make it on through Buds. So that was that one week, the fourth week in training, in first phase, where it's it's. I'll I'll talk about that in a bit. But he said during hell week, he said, "Um, um, you need to get you need to get some guys who are friends of yours. You need to have a network of support because if you're a lone ranger, I'm not a not a ranger ranger, but uh, you know, you wish. uh, You you I wish wish, man. Yeah. (laughs) So don't be a cowboy, because um. They're they're doing something systematic in BUDS training, like all special forces units or special ops units, I should say. And that is to teach you teamwork and to teach you nobody. No, we don't need hotshots. We don't need heroes. We need team guys. And they, they kick that into us. You work as a team on several levels, but in BUDS, it was, it was divided around the boat crew level. Mm -hmm. So Dave told me get, Get close to some guys who you can count on and have their backs and they'll have your back. And uh, I swear, Kevin, uh, my friend, Kevin mm-hmm. James, who who was a dev group operator, master chief, he, he did his whole career in, in the SEALs, um, was mm-hmm. was my best friend in BUDS. And I couldn't have done it without Kevin. And I think he probably feels the same way about me because we both had the deer in the headlights during headlight during Hell Week when we looked at each other like, I don't know if this is for me. Mm-hmm. And the other one would kind of smack the crap out of the other one and say, Wake up man don't don't do this to me, don't quit on me and it was partly because we didn't we knew we couldn't do it without the other one. It was like, if you quit on me, I'm probably gonna quit and so uh that was super important. A couple other things he would say, just like you know uh mental mental games to play with yourself. He said when you're i mean he would he would say some goofy stuff, but it actually kind of was profoundly true like Remember, pain is nothing but intense pleasure, uh, stuff like that. And I, I know that sounds like ridiculous, but I would try to think of f- stupid games like that to play with myself um, through the training. So to where I just lightened it up and, 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 and tried to keep my sense of humor, which is another important thing. It's hard to do and you can't always do it, but that if you can at least just laugh at yourself and laugh at the whole game, it makes it a lot easier I mean, you're not going to laugh, you're not going to be frivolous in a serious situation, but, you know, you, you can, you know what I mean, just, just having a,
0: yeah, I, I, I'd like to, 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 to dig into that one a little bit, because I can remember, first off, those first two, I abs- absolutely like, like, you know, look at your, your closest target and focus on that right. and executing that and, um, and, and build and building that network being a team player, helping others, putting others first. And that's how you do it. You put others first and they're like, okay, this you prove yourself to them and then they look out for you uh, likewise. And then, and then the people who don't work that way, you see it and it's very obvious, but that one, a lot of people talk about that and we'll, I, I'm sure we're going to
1: talk about those two endlessly,
0: but that last one about pain being, how'd you phrase it? What was that? How'd you phrase that again?
1: Yeah. He said, pain is nothing but intense pleasure.
0: I, I can almost remember the moment where I'm. I can almost remember the moment. Maybe not the exact moment, but the mindset change where, at a certain point, you know we were. You're beaten so badly, right? Like you're just in such pain that right. now, let's say you're, you're you're they're 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 exercising you. You know, for those who weren't in the military, I'd use terminology like they'd smoke you, right? Or or you get beaten. There's a lot of there's a lot of language that. the military used to describe just endless exercise essentially and at a i I can i can still remember the moment where it's like there's a moment where you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're in (laughs) and you're in pain and you always reach um this point where your muscles just don't work anymore yeah they they don't work and it hurts Mm -hmm. and and you feel you can feel helpless but there's like a mindset shift eventually where you're like, oh, wait a second. This is like the fifth time this has happened today. And, yeah. and I recover every time. And then yeah. they beat me back to this point, but I get here every time. So mm. this won't kill me. This just hurts. And then, right. and then you're in your head and you're just thinking about the pain. You, you actually get to a point where I don't know if I'd describe it that way. as 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 any type of pleasure but you definitely do get to a point where you think about the pain in a different way yeah you you process it differently you're like you know this is this is just my body saying that i that i've gone too far but but i'm not going to die from this and that's that's just some you know that point is just an interesting point because i can remember i can i can just picture being in a push-up position with my arms locked out. Cause I just can't go up and down anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody's groaning. Yep. Everybody, everybody's groaning and they're screaming. And you're just like, I'm just, yeah. this is, this is just pain. It's just yeah. pain. This isn't something that's going to defeat me.
1: Yeah. That was a huge one. Um, And, and the instructors told us at day one, we are going to push you 10 times beyond what you think is humanly possible. And I, they did it by golly. And Part of it is learning, yeah, just that that very lesson, learning that you can take way more punishment than you think. And even to this day, I have now I know that the hurt is not gonna it's not gonna kill me. It, it I can keep going and I can keep pushing it harder and harder and harder. And one of the things about buds that's ridiculously hard. So you've got you've got a core, other than push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, all that PT on the grinder, we call it, and just you know, pure calisthenics, basically, you've got three basic timed evolutions that you have to, I mean, you've got lots of other little things you got to do throughout and pass, but every week you have a four mile timed run in the sand with boots on a two mile open ocean swim and the obstacle course, which is hard, a hard obstacle course. I watched a company of combat Marines run this course half of them couldn't get over all of the obstacles. And those that did finished it in like about a half hour, we were waiting to run it. And we saw these guys, these Marines running our, our course. We were kind of joking about it. Like who, who let these guys in here? Um, we had to run it, the slowest we could run it and all of Bud's was, was 10 minutes, right? And I got to where I, that was the one event that I did faster than anybody in my buds class. I was in the running for what's called honor, man. Um, now I, I, I sucked at swimming. I mean, I, I didn't suck, but I, I wasn't like I was about middle of the pack swimming. I was a, a, a really fast runner. Um, I got fast, got really fast, <clears throat> but I got, to, I could, I could smoke that obstacle course. I got it to where I could run it in like five minutes and 40 seconds. And we're talking, I tried to do it. Oh, And this is here, here's goes back to the pain. I went in 2014 back to SEAL Team 18. Well, I went with SEAL Team 18 to join with SEAL Team 17. I was serving as a chaplain and those are reserve SEAL teams, reservists. And we went to run that obstacle course, that same one from Bud's. And here I am 47 years old and I'm like, I'm going to show these guys how good I can run that sucker because that was my thing. Well, I had to have surgery on my shoulder when I blew it out on, <laughs> on one of the obstacles. And I remember it was so hard, I barely could even get through it in, in like a half hour. Um, and I had forgotten just the like superhuman uh, well shape I was in, but also being in my 20s, um, but also being able to push like but i still have that drive i got it from that psychological drive where i know i can push myself really hard like i cannot run i went out the other day and ran seven miles i hadn't run in over a year and then screwed my knee up which has been an off and on thing all my life and i went to the orthopedic guy surgeon and he said why'd you just run seven miles cold that's a that's pretty ridiculous to do i'm like well i have a it pays to be a winner because they said t- they taught us that in buds, and when I do something, I have a hard time throttling back. So that's a lifelong problem of mine.
0: Absolutely, I, I mean, I,
1: <laughs> I, I can't
0: tell you how much I was ruined from any sort of like. I, I only know one speed. I, I, I can't, I can't modulate how fast I run. Not that I'm doing that much running nowadays, right, right. but, but I can't tell you that like I, I have, I, I know. I I know running by a feeling, right? Going back to pain, like it's almost Mm -hmm. like the pain is the measure of, of, uh, if I'm running the right speed and and the military and the Rangers specifically ruined me because everything is as fast as you can go. There's not, there, there is no, I I never, I never paced myself for anything. I just got, I got to more of like a a tolerance of pain and that's how I knew that I was in the right place. If if I was, you know, if I'm doing a, you know, yeah. If you're doing a 20-mile ruck, right, and you're like you're feeling a certain amount of pain at the very beginning, you're like, okay, yeah. pull it back a little bit. Get to that yeah. right get to that right level of pain where you know you'll pass yeah. this thing. Never, never did I look at my Casio to be like, okay, I'm doing a, a, you know, a 10, 10, I don't know what the pace, whatever the pace is, I'm doing that pace and I'm gonna be good to go.
1: Never. I never no. did that. Exactly. Yeah, it, it they the instructors would always say, get out of your comfort zone. You better not be in your comfort zone, meaning it, you're just cruising along. And and when as I think about it, to get to that level of operation and being able to push yourself that hard, that's why you have to go to something like Buds or Ranger, because you've got to have you. You'll never push yourself that hard. You got to have other people that are going to push you because you just you, you feel it's so wrong. I shouldn't be hurting this bad. And they're going to say well get get used to it and um one, one of the things one of the ways they did that at buds Two is with the timed runs the obstacle courses and the timed ocean swims not only did you have a minimum time you had to make and it starts the easiest in first phase and then so back to buds there's three phases first second and third um and not only do you have a minimum but once you meet the minimum you have now a personal Time that you have to beat next run. So think about this. Like, let's say you know, you're you run 24 minutes on a four mile timed run in sand in boots, which isn't easy. It's not like running on a track with shorts and track shoes. Um, so you run 24 minutes now, the next run next week has to be 23 something or faster, and the next week and the next week for 26 weeks. Uh, you've got to get faster and faster and faster at everything. So you can't. There you. There is no pacing yourself. It's just all out every run. Um, and that was kind of the genius of making you push yourself harder because you learn. I remember the first day of training when we went on a conditioning run, and I had been training hard for this thing. And the and the first thing they're going to do is just show you how ridiculously impossible they can make it and so these hotshot instructors who are in really good shape just take off i mean just take off they say keep up with us and i mean we spread out we had a couple of like collegiate runners that kept up with them barely barely um and then the rest of us were just like a gaggle (laughs) we probably spread out over a mile back because i mean just some guys were just terrible runners and uh um, I was middle of the pack running, but when I finished Bud's, I was, I was faster, but so you had to get faster every time. And there was really no way to, to coast. Um, I think that's, and, and I'm thinking
0: from other folks I've talked to and other, other selection processes that, I, that I've been exposed to, I can't think of many where that work that way. I can't think of, you know, everyone has their gates that you have to pass but I can't think of any where they then increase the standard with with the I think it's unique in how many times you're evaluated that way yeah. uh, on these physical on these physical gates and, and that the times decrease. I can't it's been a while. I can't remember anything like that when I went to RIP. Of course yeah. I can't speak to RAS, the current the current program, but yeah. but and I, and I and if I'm thinking about anything else it's all there's a standard, and you meet it, you retest it, and once you're done, you kind of move on. You kind of yeah. move on from it, right? So, like yeah. at the point where, where you know, in the ranger regiment, or, or I, I won't even speak to it, but like there's something they want you to pass. Yeah. You do at, at the point they decide you need to pass it, you either yeah. pass it or you didn't pass it. Maybe you get a chance to retest whatever right. that whatever that that gate is, but then that's it. At, at no time do I remember a PT test at the beginning on day one, there's always a PT test day one, you know, a PT test. And then a week later doing the PT test, but then having to score better than you did before. Yeah. So that's something, that's something interesting. And I think unique to buds. Yeah. And, and I like that. I, I actually like that idea.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's borderline sadistic, but it, <laughs> it, it makes, it, it makes you some serious performers. If you can make it through 26 weeks of that, I think that the PJs, have a similar system not, i think they have something like that but i don't quote me on that um so i may be wrong but yeah anyway it's uh it's ridiculous um so first phase starts out and um it's it's what's called physical phase and all it is is the instructors pounding the living crap out of you every day to see if you you'll quit and i to put it in perspective I, i've used this analogy because it kind of helps people so when buds we had to run everywhere, there's no walking no marching, it was run. Um, it, it wasn't a fast run, but it was running, it was it was jogging. And, um, and depending on where we were going by to whom we were passing, we would we would gear it up or gear it down. Um, and our barracks was a mile from the chow hall. and so we had to run a mile to chow and a mile back to the barracks three times a day. So that's six miles a day, just going to eat and back, right? Not considering conditioning runs, not considering four mile time to runs, not considering running all the way to, you know, to the next evolution, which who knows how many miles that was, but I mean, there were days where we would run. Well, there was a day, I mean, up to 20 miles, you know, depending on how many evolutions we had, so it's like you know that's kind of a, a freak amount of running um and then and then swimming and being in the cold water uh, they they use cold water to make most people quit i would say that's the single factor is just being so freaking cold you you just cannot get warm your body is saying this is so wrong um you know you you're, i remember <laughs> i remember they uh, in hell Week. i'll get to hell week uh, but one one of the things i remember hearing we we were on a steel pier a a pier that literally is made of steel and and floating it was a floating pier and it was it was ventilated too it had had like you know like a bridge that you can see through it It had like it's grated or something right and we were laying on it at night getting sprayed with a hose um and after we had been in the ocean until we were borderline hypothermic And then they, here's, here's what was, here's what was sick. They would get you into where you're, you're, you're almost ready to hype out. And they they knew they they couldn't, they couldn't hype them. That would kill you if they kept you in long enough um, from hypothermia. So they get you right on the edge. Um, And they had charts and everything to see how, depending on the water temp and, um, and they pull you out right when you're starting to just shake uncontrollably. I mean, your, your teeth are literally shattering. And then drop you for push-ups, flutter kicks, pull ups to warm you back up and get your core warm back up and then back in the water to your chattering, 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 and then back out and then warm you back up. And they would do that not only all night long, like all week long with no sleep. And that was Hell Week. So Hell Week starts on Sunday night. <clears throat> it's the fourth week of first phase. And uh, people have already quit. I mean, people start quitting on day one. Um, but by the time you get to Hell Week, I think we had about, huh, I think we were down to about 80 from 110 <laughs> when we started Hell Week. And when we got out of Hell Week, we had 20 or 21 or 22 originals. So now out of 110 from just three, four weeks ahead, we're down to 20. Guys, and Hell Week starts on Sunday night, and you know it's coming. I mean, you've been (laughs) you all weekend. That's all you can think about is Hell Week is starting on Sunday night. And we knew it was going to start on Sunday night. We didn't know exactly when, but we knew the hammer is going to fall that night. So think about this. You think you're sleeping too good on Saturday night?
0: Oh, wait. Uh,
1: no, you're, no. you can't, you can barely even sleep. Uh, you're, you're tossing and turning. You're freaking out. You're thinking, oh, what have I done? So, and then guess what? All day Sunday, you're stressing all day because you know, it's going to happen. And you've you got to run to chow. You, you, you know, it's not like you're just completely relaxed in a, in a lazy boy. I mean, you're, you're doing stuff. You're getting your room f- ready for the inspections, which are just going to be a, a big pound session um and so by the time Sunday night rolls around it almost feels like you're already beat mentally because you haven't even started yet so then it starts Sunday night and all I can tell you is they push you to the breaking point from word go till your arms are burned out like Patrick was saying you feel like you can't do another pull up which you can't at some points can't do another flutter kick you're Your stomach muscles are fried. And they do this for hours, hours after hours after hours. So it's midnight now. And they've been going at it probably for four hours of of pounding the crap out of you. And it's back to the surf zone. Run as fast as you can. So it's two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning, going all out. Just Sunday night. Or now it's Monday morning. Okay. The sun starts to come up Monday morning. And it's like, uh, you, you're dead. I mean, you, you're dead. You you've been pounded as hard as you could be pounded and been surf, surf tortured as hard as you can be surf tortured all, all night long. And it's Monday morning. And we're going to Friday night or Saturday. And then the mind starts to go. You start thinking, hmm, this, this isn't possible. And you know, and and here's the thing. Here's where you got to really outthink it. I, I always tell guys, I've talked to a million young guys who said, "What do what do I do to get through it?" I'm like, "Well, you got to control the mental game in, in in your head because if you let it get start running away with you, you're going to quit." And um, that's what happened to guys because you 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 think well, and and when the main quitting happens is Monday night, so you made it all through the hell of sunday night you into monday the sun really kind of energizes you cuz like oh the sun and because darkness is 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 kind of evil you know you're getting killed in the dark and it's just right. like should be sleeping now not being killed um and so the sun's up and it, it does some motivation for you and it's a little bit warmer although not much um And so then the sun starts to set and and they run you down to this place on the beach. And we had a big bonfire. The instructors made a big bonfire with a bunch of pallets and they kept us just out of the heat range, right by the ocean. So we could see the warm fire and um, they made us eat MREs. And and of course they throw sand in them at the moment. We were about ready to take a bite. Here comes sand flying in our food. I was like, (laughs) man, just let me eat, please. You're starving. And they they did feed us well, fortunately. I mean, most of the times we ate in the chow hall, even during hell week. But this one night when they had us out in the beach and they were going to have a little special pounding session Monday night, but we've been at it for 24 hours now. The sun starts to go down and that's when the darkness set in mentally because it's like, I cannot do another, another night of what I just did. And the funny thing is, you cannot do what you had just done a night before, but they, ease, they can't keep pushing you at that level because your body won't take it, but they're going to still push you as hard as your body will go. But all you have to do is have that, like kind of what Patrick was saying, this blind faith and they can't kill me or at least they're not allowed. That's another thing Dave told me. He said, "Remember, they're not allowed to kill you. <laughs> um, they'll at least get reprimanded. Yeah, they if,
0: <laughs> if they do, it'll they'll say it's an accident. They'll get like a slap yeah. on the wrist, and they'll retire with that, like
1: benefits, but yeah, they'll have paperwork to do, which nobody <laughs> wants, right? So, uh, but yeah, so, so so Monday night, it's just like I, I felt it inside me. I thought I I can't do this. I, I think Kevin felt that way. We all we all felt that way. It was like. Ah, uh, this is evil. This is wicked. And moreover, when they're surf torturing us, which is we would have to link arms, and um, link arms in the surf zone to where it would just the waves would splash over our heads. But we would ha- we would sit in the surf to where the water is about up to here, and so you're always getting this motion, and you can feel guys' arms shaking together. I could hear bones cracking together. We were so cold, and the instructors will say, "Okay." We're not going to secure this evolution until somebody quits. Who's it going to be? And that would get in people's heads. And they're, they're like, I don't care. Who is it? Come on, help your buddies out. Quit. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> and sure enough, here would be somebody go walking up there. i was like, who's that? Yeah, who's that? Because we knew all, I mean, we spent enough time around each other. We knew everybody. And it's like, oh, no, so-and-so. He's quit. He's ringing, ringing the bell. So the famous being in Buds is you ring the bell three times and that And then the instructors say, okay, quitter, face the class. And they ask us to sing Happy Trails, you know, the song Happy Trails to you until we meet again. Um, So you you, as a unit, we're all not singing in our fullest capacity, but we sing Happy Trails to the guy who just quit. So anyway, it is just a festival of quitting uh, during Hell Week. But once you make it to Wednesday of Hell Week. Thursday, Tuesday night to into Wednesday morning, a fascinating thing happens. You become numb. I mean, it's, it's almost like you can't feel it anymore. Part of it is your mind's going wackadoo because you haven't had any REM sleep. So we're hallucinating. We all hallucinated uh, from lack of sleep. <laughs> we- Oh, those are some funny stories right there. I mean, I saw a guy just in the chow hall. He was, I mean, tons of food. I mean, you could eat as much as you want. They had to feed us. I mean, they knew that. And I mean, it was mid-rats, I think, midnight rations. So they fed us four times a day because um, we were burning God knows how many calories. But he had a plate full of coffee and milk and piles of pancakes and bowls of everything. Just couldn't have any more food on this tray. And, and, and we're going through the line shuffling. I is already sitting down and he just stops. He just freezes because he's, he's, he's freaking out. He's hallucinating. And he just goes, ah, and throws his tray up, drops it. And it just shatters all over the floor. And he's like, ah, he's looking around like this. And we're like, keep it together, buddy. Keep it together. Cause here come the instructors. What are you doing, idiot? And that's, that's where it's kind of funny it's like, it's kind of funny. It's not really funny and nobody's laughing out loud, but it's like, whoa, whoa. This is, uh, this is something
0: that we're doing something unique here. We're doing yeah. like we're, we're in it. And if there is one place where, where seals, uh, at least in, in what you're describing and Rangers definitely know it's, it's, uh, it's deprivation and, uh, wow. and those unique moments, I, I have a million. A million, a million of them i think so <laughs> believe it or not we, we 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 were before this we were like let's let's see if we can get to, to bud's graduation we're in the middle of hell week right now yeah right? yeah for, for, first phase right first, first phase first only phase, in the middle yeah. that's that's a good way to to keep the folks coming back so well i think that's that that's a good point and and, and i have some thoughts on on reaching that point to reaching that point where you're a zombie you're droning you're 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 just moving, shuffling. Uh, I think that's a great place to pick up in the next one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, we'll we don't care how many how many how many parts it takes, but we'll we'll get through this eventually. So um, we'll 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 pause it here and we'll pick back up there in the next one. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,